This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. On Monday morning, I was listening to a little bit of the morning show after I uh, got off the air yesterday, and I heard Spike join at 7 o'clock, and he revealed numbers 18 through 20 of the GOAT list. Is Spike joining every day to announce the the new uh, uh, unveilings? Um, I don't know. He didn't allude either way. That's usually Joe Gillio's spot on Tuesday. I right. I really like catching that. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe usually does do the seven a.m. on Tuesday. We'll see. But um, Spike revealed eighteen through twenty. And if you were listening last night, I already revealed twenty. We were right. Um, Mike and I tried to get inside the mind of the Philly fan to determine once and for all on this show who's more of a Philly guy. And uh, we'll we'll look at that um next segment here and see who uh got more right. As far as the top twenty, remember this is not this is not our lists. These are trying to get inside the mind of your uh, quintessential Philly guy fan. Yeah, so uh, I'm already the NFL guy of the show, so I can also be the Philly guy. Right, and I I I want we we need to have some kind of point system for this. Um, so I was thinking one point just for getting a guy that's in the top twenty. Should we get, award yeah. a point for that? I, and and okay. then I'm thinking, sorry, w- within five. Like, if you get it on the nose, that's five points. Okay. You get it one slot off, that's four points, two slots off three, and you go up to five. But once you get beyond five, or, you know, or five away, then it's just you get one point from being in the top 20. So what do I get if, if I'm four spots off? Uh, You still, wait, if you're four spots off, you still get one additional point. Okay. So we'll we'll look at it next segment and totally do the math on it. So like Jason Peters for example, nailing that that would be 6 points. That's 6 points for it. All right? Yeah, so I think that that's a good uh, point system we can do here as we try to get inside the mind of a Philly guy. So we'll uh uh reveal that next segment 
and um, look at who got more right from 18, 19, and 20, how many points each of us got. 215-592-9494. Talking about Major League Baseball, uh, the disgrace that it is, the disgrace that Rob Manfred is. Um, uh, looking for your worst leaders in the history of sports, uh, considering Rob Manfred, worst commissioner in sports history. And the, the, the fact that he can go on TV five days ago and say 100% unequivocally, you know, um, dropping you know the stones on the table, as you would say, and saying we're having Major League Baseball this season. Then five days later, after the players checkmated him and basically outsmarted him, uh, says, oh, well, you know, now I'm not confident that we're going to play. Um, terrible. <laughs> Absolutely embarrassing for him, for the owners, for the sport. And this situation uh, gets worse and worse every single day. Uh, so I want your opinions on it. Do you even care anymore? Because honestly, I don't really, I don't really care anymore. NBA's coming back, NHL's coming back. They're they're playing playoff games. You know, I'm excited for the Flyers playoffs. I'm excited for the Sixers playoffs. I'm excited for training camp. Hopefully, which hopefully will get started on time. I really don't give a damn anymore. I don't give a damn. Thank you, Mad Dog. He's right. They can all go to hell. And you know what? I, I said last week all, all of them could go to hell. You know, I have changed my mind on the players. The players can return from hell. The, the players can back. Yeah, <laughs> players can come back to purgatory here. Who knows? We might be in hell. For all I know, uh, you know, three months ago, we may have all died by the hell. But that's I think that's I, another thing that's going to take some question asking. I mean, it feels that way. It does. Life without sports, I don't, you know, I couldn't live this way forever. I couldn't. We're having Gabe, uh, you know, scheduled interviews canceled. I know. We're it's 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 terrible. Um, but uh, the players, I will say this: they can return from hell. Uh, I do. I I did not. I was not thinking clearly. I'm just upset we didn't have baseball. The players may return, but the owners and Manfred they could stay in hell. Max Scherzer's back. Yes, Max Scherzer's back. Bryce can come back, even though Bryce has made some fraudulent statements lately. Um. So uh, they can all return, but the owners, Manfred, stay in hell. Bro, I'm risking my life. Even Blake. Blake can return. Um, but the owners and, and Manfred, they're not getting any dispensation here. They're staying in hell. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Matt in Guam. And what's up, Matt? Hey, you guys are great pieces of sound over there. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I know that uh, Bryce is probably looking at uh, – uh, coming back for the Eagles instead of playing baseball. Um, but I have, I have a question about uh, Gabe. Uh, what was his comment about plants in the corner? Where does that one come from? I can't uh, I, I can't seem to uh, – which one is that from? Like, that was, what, what was the context? That was actually John Middleton uh, back uh, – if, sh- if you remember, that when he went to fire Gabe, he had a very odd, like, hour-long press conference where he just rambled for a while – and he said he wouldn't be a potted plant sitting in a corner. Not a potted plant sitting in the corner? Right. He, oh, okay. Because he um, wanted to be more active within the organization. Uh, but I guess that doesn't apply when it comes to actually playing baseball. Oh, okay. Because out here in Guam, I do work with, in, in botany. And I say that a lot. But <laughs> no one challenged me yet exactly how, you know, where it's from. So I just want to make sure I get my facts straight. But, like, I don't really care if baseball comes back. Does anyone really care? The storyline keeps going on, and like honestly, I think everyone would accept with the pandemic if no sports came back until football, which is what everyone really wants to come back. 
Now, I don't know how much is going to be different in September than now. I don't, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But, like, I don't really think anyone cares about baseball other than the fact that it would be something that we could all glue our eyes to, or in my case, I listen on the radio uh, out here, but, like, something, you know, to get us through the summer. But, like, I, I don't count on baseball, nor do I care, and I don't think many other people do either. Yeah, Matt, and I think and I think a lot of other people feel that way, and I'll tell you what, that's a really bad sign for baseball. I mean, if people don't miss it, which I, I got to say, like, I, I miss watching sports, but I don't necessarily miss baseball, and I'm of a mind with you. Like, I'm excited for hockey, I'm excited for basketball, but if they end up getting scrapped for whatever reason, you know, I think I can last until football were to begin in September. If football were to get canceled or not started on time, that's when I think I'd start losing my mind. Yeah, that's the real Mendoza line is football not starting. And I also am psyched about NBA, NHL. I just don't know how their bubbles are going to work. NHL has a different approach with two different uh, host cities for the conferences compared to the NBA in uh, Disney World. You know, I don't know how that's going to play out, but I am totally psyched for both of those to ramp up. Uh, I think there's a big difference with the sport in, like, NHL to ramp up to playoff pace. Like, that's pretty intense. NBA sometimes, I think, slows down for the playoffs, so it might be a little bit more dramatic uh, for the NBA, but I'm looking forward to both. Yeah, me too, Matt, and it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to work. I mean, I think both sports have pretty good plans in place, and if they can test every day, which is what both – um, Gary Bettman and Adam Silver said on Monday night, they're planning on testing every day. If you're in a bubble-type environment and you're diligent about who's coming in and who's going out, I do think there is a way uh, to keep the virus out, hopefully, if you're consulting with, with medical experts. So I think it can be done, and I think uh, it, it's going to work out. I think people are all in for NBA, NHL, and definitely football a couple months from now, but Baseball, I don't know one person, even baseball diehards, are kind of just shrugging their shoulders in disappointment. So, you know, it's the summer is going to go by pretty fast, but I really think the the real measuring stick for sports is, you know, football ramping up, especially in Philadelphia. Yeah, definitely, Matt. Before uh, you leave us here, do you have a nominee for worst leader in the history of sports? Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll stick to Philadelphia. I don't know if it's the worst leader, but I think, uh, you know, Eric Lindros was an amazing player, and he put up great numbers. He never quite won a cup and everything, but I just think his leadership is tainted because of the relationship with the franchise and Bobby Clark and those types of things. Um, so it's hard to separate it out. Uh, it's not exactly what I uh, would uh, say is leadership qualities when you're quarreling like that uh, in the public. Uh, it was a different time back then. Uh, unfortunately, he never won a Stanley Cup, but I don't think he was a, the greatest captain of the franchise, obviously. No, that's an interesting one, Matt, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. That That's an interesting suggestion. Like, Eric Lindros isn't a guy that would come to mind when I think of terrible leaders, but it, it's funny that m- you mentioned Donovan, Mike, because they're, I mean, somewhat similar in terms of sensitive parents getting involved with the organization because that was a big part of Lindros' story Yeah, that his parents uh, did not like the way Bobby Clark and, and the way the Flyers franchise handled everything with him throughout the course of his career. Like, I don't think he was necessarily a bad leader, um, but 
I, I he wasn't the kind of leader like uh, Rob Brindamore was when he was a captain. Um, you know, maybe he was a leader in um, getting in front of this concussion stuff. You know, like over time, Lindros looks better uh, as we gain more, you know, as we kind of evolve. Whereas over time, for different reasons, McNabb looks worse. Right. Well, I, and I think part of it with Lindros too is there was kind of a lot of, I guess, held over. I don't even want to say animosity, but just weirdness between him and the organization. Him and Clark, yeah. That I feel kind of went away when he came back to play in that alumni game before the Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. That's when it was kind of like, okay, Eric Lindros is back with, with the Flyers organization now. like On good terms, yeah. Right. And I feel like that was kind of the water under uh, the bridge moment uh, for all that, which is which is the way it's supposed to be because he's a guy that you look at in this goats of broad street and Eric Lindros definitely going to come in top 20, right? He has to, I I think he has to. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you get your number retired here, I mean, and and he didn't even play that long. You're right. There's probably not a single person on the list. If you had your number retired the last 50 years, you're making this list, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd assume. And, um, Lindros, he only, Played here like six years or something. It wasn't even that long. I don't think he plays a game after the age of twenty six here. But he was he was so great. I think that the, his last game as a Flyer, I'm pretty sure, was that uh, game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Two thousand, yeah, yeah. Um, but Eric Lindros is a weird kind of case in the history of Philly sports. Great player, um, and that's one guy that you look at in the, the concussion stuff if he had not dealt with those injuries he may have been one of the greatest hockey players of all time like he was so physically dominant and that was my heyday why I, I love like mid to late 90s hockey it was so much fun to watch um I loved I've talked about it before I the best sports music is the NBC uh, NBA theme, but I'd say a close second is that ESPN NHL theme. Uh, I love that with the and then Rod Thorn or not Rod Th- Rod Thorn Gary. Gary Thorn. I'm thinking of the former Sixers GM Rod Thorn. Uh, no Gary Thorn and Bill Clement and uh, Al, Al Al reporting ringside. I always think it's funny when I hear Al on these broadcasts because Al, you know is actually a legitimate, um, successful reporter. You know? Uh, like, he, Al actually um, was was on the national stage doing NHL games. So, um, I, I enjoyed that when I, I saw an NBA or an NHL on an ESPN game a couple weeks ago, and Al was the uh, on-ice reporter. I'm like, yeah, hey, I know that guy. Talk to him in the morning. Um, so, I, I love that uh, NHL uh, theme music. Uh, maybe we can come back with that next segment here. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Before we hit the break here, um, I want to play some more sound uh, from this baseball stuff because um, as I told you, Rob Manfred, who said a week ago, or not even a week ago, five days ago, no doubt, 100%, we are playing baseball this year, um, now saying he's not sure. And this whole process has become a disaster. The players called the owners, called Manfred on their BS on Friday night, and now Rob Manfred um, is using this as another tactic. That's what it is. I mean, it's another stall tactic. 
The owners want time to go by. They want to mandate a season starting probably at the beginning of August where they can play as few games as possible in the span of 48 to 50 and uh, get their money for the playoffs. Um, But the players outsmarted them. The players outsmarted these billionaire owners. They outsmarted Manfred, and uh, they have made Major League Baseball look like hypocrites and look like fools. And um, the question is now, where do we go from here? Uh, Now that Manfred's basically threatening to cancel the season, um, where do we go from here? And as much as we're frustrated by all this stuff and this situation, the guys at the national level reporting on it are every bit as frustrated as we are, including uh, Jeff Passan, who is ESPN's um, preeminent Major League Baseball reporter. He's been on all this stuff from the beginning. Uh, he had an interesting take on where this situation continues and whether this could actually bridge the gap between the owners and players. Here's Jeff Passan uh, on ESPN Monday night. I feel like after what happened today, it's interesting. A few weeks ago, I was talking with an executive who's been around for a while, and he said for this to live, it's got to die first. Ah. I think it died today. And I think it is going to be the Phoenix rising. I don't know if it's going to happen immediately, but I do believe, Scott, that this is going to force the parties together to try and get the negotiated settlement that they simply have not come close to doing. They haven't been anywhere in the neighborhood. And, you know, I hope that's the case. It's hard to be optimistic about anything um, at this time with baseball, but I do think, in a lot of ways, it died on Monday night. Like, when the when the commissioner is going on national TV to no- negotiate publicly and threaten, and that's basically what he did on Monday night, um, he can act like, oh, he's trying to speak to the fans and trying to plead with the players. No, that was a threat. That was a very thinly veiled threat to the players that he's going to cancel this season. But um, hopefully this is what can bridge this gap. Now, the issue with Manfred at this point, and I brought it up earlier in regards to him saying, once we agreed, and he used that term, um, agreed to uh, play, to pay the players 100% of their prorated salary. Um, he believed that they could negotiate further from that, but uh, by Manfred saying that, how do you then ask the players to take less? Jeff Passan uh, addressed that part of it as well. But Rob Manfred himself said today, once we got to the point where we would talk with the players about full prorated salaries, if he's on the record saying that now, there is no excuse for the owners to go to players anymore and say, we want you to take pay cuts. That's done. That is resolved at this point. Players are not going to take pay cuts. It's just a matter at this point of how many games would be played in the 2020 season. And I cannot fathom them being within 10, 15, whatever it is, games of one another and not coming to a point where they figure out what is mutually beneficial and most important, beneficial for the fans. And that's one of the funniest things about all this to me is Manfred goes on trying to do his whole song and dance of 
threatening the players and caping up for the owners. And he made a huge mistake when he said on national TV, well, we agreed to pay them 100% of the prorated salary, but now wants them to uh, cut the pay. And here was that cut of Rob Manfred uh, saying that they agreed to pay the players 100% of their prorated salary. I had been hopeful that once we got to common ground on the idea that um, we were going to pay the players full prorated salary, that we would get some cooperation in terms of proceeding under the agreement that we negotiated with the MLVPA on March 26th. It's just idiotic. Like, why would you go out and say, okay, so you agreed to pay 100% of the prorated salary, but you wanted to negotiate further. Well, what did you want to negotiate, Rob? Right. I mean, like, just if you're MLB's uh, PR department, like, what good can come of Rob Manford going on TV right now? Oh, look, every time the guy speaks, he, he, he sounds like an idiot. Yeah, but even if, like, say, like say their strategy was, you know, we'll, we'll have Rob go on an angle against the players, that doesn't help your sport. No. It doesn't help your sport at all. They don't care about that. They don't care about helping the sport. And um, finally, Jeff Passan, I think, just speaks for all of us here when we talk about what needs to be done. Now that it really did hit a bottoming out point on Monday night, when, and I can't, uh, I can't laugh at the irony of this enough that ESPN publicizes this big two-hour special, Return to Sports. And how do they open the show? Interviewing the commissioner of Major League Baseball and him saying, yeah, I don't think there's going to be baseball. I think we might just cancel it all. Way to, way to start, way to brand that show. Yeah, like, what was the deal with the show? Like, like, I mean, MLB's obviously been, a, as the commissioner pointed out, a disaster. NBA, the, the union's divided on whether they should even play basketball games right the NHL doesn't even know where they're going to be or when um yeah and football it just comes out today that you know players are testing positive on on teams yeah. what, like why did whose idea was this no it, it was bad it was uh, the, to set the return to sports when uh label a show return to sports when best case scenario sports aren't starting for another six weeks uh, I right. don't really get the the branding there. Um, you could have just said we're just going to have a forum where we talk to a bunch of different commissioners. That would have been uh, that should have been the title. Well, we're going to talk to commissioners. They, they, if they want to talk, they should talk to like the uh, whoever the golf head is, and then yeah. talk to uh, UFC Dana White. Yeah. Those are the people that are back. It was funny too because uh, I recorded it and I put uh, and they had a they they, they uh, after Bettman. They stuck the MLS commissioner in there. I'm like, all right, I'm fast-forwarding through this. I don't care about, about this guy. I don't even know who he is. If it was Seth Blatter, I would have watched, but he's FIFA. He's not MLS. The MLS is back tournament. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, they should have just – it should have been the Commission Town Hall because that's what it was. Commission Town Hall. Damian Lillard was on it, too. For, like for Burt's Town Hall. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, finally, um, where this goes, Jeff Passan uh, – this is a national reporter, too. This isn't a fan – this is a national reporter pleading with the owners uh, to end this. Here's Jeff Passan finally on what the owners should do next. You know, I think after Rob Manfred Scott said what he said, the tide completely turned. And I think the outpouring of anger and animus toward him for five days after saying 100% completely flip-flopping 
really got everybody who wasn't there already behind the players. And what that is going to wind up doing, I think, is forcing a negotiated settlement here, an agreement that does bring baseball back. Now, there is, of course, the possibility that this thing goes completely sideways again, because look what happened today. It looked like it was going completely sideways and it was a dire circumstance. But in the end, I think the players are right. Fans want to see baseball. Players want to play baseball. And if Rob Manfred's coming out and saying that this is a disaster, and if he's coming out and saying the owners 100% want to bring baseball back, do it. Just do it. It's not, you know, it's in your hands as the commissioner and as the owners to make a deal that brings baseball back. It is. And I w- it would be great if Rob Manfred, in a it's in a plea to get people on the owner's side, actually turn people so far to the other side that it forces the owners to do the right thing. Um, that would be the best part. And we we like to play the Mad Dog Russo cut um, from a couple weeks ago when he tells everybody to go to hell. And I, my, my favorite part of that is when he sneaks in at the very end, go to hell. Go to hell. Um, well, we got a similar... Uh, uh, final plea from SVP Scott Van Pelt on Monday night. Here was uh, the final back and forth between Passan and uh, Van Pelt. We're all just sick of it. How about that? We're all just sick of it. Figure oh. it out. Just figure it, it out. Thank yep. you, that's, No, no, that's, that's where we are. We are totally at the figure it out point. Thank you. Keep saying it. Keep repeating it. Yell it. Scream it. Do whatever you have to. Figure it out. Figure it out. That's where we are. Manfred, owners, Figure it out. Stop crying. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear it. You control this situation. Pay the players. Give us baseball. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. When we get back, uh, me and Michael compare our list. We'll update who uh, got more right in our top 20 GOATS projections here. Uh, we'll look at that next. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. Talking a lot of baseball so far and Manfred's appearance on the uh, the ESPN special return to sports, even though no sports are returning. Um, next segment, we'll get to the NBA and um, what Adam Silver had to say. Some of Woj's reporting from Monday morning, he released a piece very early Monday morning. I read it before I went to sleep um, after the show yesterday uh, on where the league stands. Some cloudiness over the weekend of whether players were all in on this return. I, there's certainly guys that have concerns, um, but ultimately it does not appear that this is going to be a situation that is going to pre- prevent the resumption of play. Um, if if the season does not get restarted in Orlando, it's going to be because of COVID-19. It's going to be because of not having the health protocols in place, most likely. There won't be enough players, whether it is the social justice issues that they are fighting in this country um, or the concerns from players about health risks. There are far more players that want to restart the season. And uh, let's face it, a lot of that has the, as a... Uh, it comes down to money. So we'll we'll get into that a little more next segment and delve a little more into Kyrie Irving and his status as a leader um, of this movement of trying to get players not to play. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on that more 
next segment here. But if you want to get in, 215-592-9494, talking about the worst leaders in the history of sports. As Rob Manfred, I think, is the worst commissioner in sports history. You look at his short tenure, it's been riddled with failure after failure, embarrassment after embarrassment. Um, 2020 for him has been a complete dumpster fire, which started with the Astros scandal. That leads into the pandemic and this negotiation, which is the ugliest, most pathetic that I've ever seen in sports. Um, In the middle of a pandemic, people losing their jobs, people losing their incomes, taking pay cuts all over the place, and uh, the owners are depriving this country of baseball. Rob Manfred can spin it as the players. It's not the players. It is the owners. They can end this whenever they want. Whenever they want. You know, Mr. Mr. Cigar down the street, he, he loves to talk about how much he's a fan, just like everybody else. He's not speaking up right now because he's just as greedy and just as much a liar as the rest of them are. They don't care about you. They don't care about the players. All they care about is their pockets. And they can end this whenever they want. Manfred and the owners are choosing to deprive us all of baseball. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. And um, last night, me and Mike... Uh, are trying to we we're trying to get inside the mind of the Philly fan here as we're releasing the top 20 goats in of Broad Street this week. And me and Mike did our top 10s last week, uh but we last night on the air selected what we feel will be the uh listeners top 20. So this is not our opinion. This is the list what we felt the final voting results would be. And yesterday, Spike came on at 7 a.m., heard him on with Angelo, and they discussed, uh, or Spike unveiled, I should say, 18 through 20 in the Goats of Broad Street. First, Mike, who did come in as the number 20 athlete over the last 50 years? The bodyguard, Jason Peters. Jason Peters. So, okay, where did you have him ranked on your list? I had Jason Peters... On my list or my prediction list? Your, your my predi- prediction the list. prediction list. Yeah, I predicted Jason Peters would be number 20, as stated last night. Wow. Well, under our formula that we just come up with here, um, you get one point for having him in the top 20, and you get the five additional points mm-hmm. for having him at number 20 overall. So you start with six right off the bat. Bang. I had Jason Peters at number 18. So I get one point for him being in the top 20, and I get three points for him being at number 18. So you lead me 6-4. to four. So we were both pretty close on the bodyguard. We both had a... Uh, uh, I, I apparently feel like people respect Jason Peters more than you do. I had him higher, even though... And Jason Peters, who knows? He could be back here now um, if he's willing to make a position change. Yeah, we'll see. you have to figure if Jason Peters is 20... Andre Dillard's got to be in the top 19. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got to push Jason Peters out of town to make room for that guy. Right. Um, but I had Darren Dalton number 20. That was a bad prediction by me because if, if Dutch isn't coming into eight, three, 18 through 20, I find it hard to think he's in the top 17. Yeah, that could be an offer. Okay, so who was um, number 19? Uh, I had Doc Halliday. Who, who, who was oh, uh, sorry. Who was 19? 19 yes. was uh, Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels was number 19. Now, this is where... I think I tried getting too much into the Philly guy mindset <laughs> where um, I, you know, uh, I would have Cole Hamels around that area and I probably should have 
um, picked him to be in the top 20. I did not. I picked Mike Quick uh, because, um, you know, that 80s era of Eagles fan, I thought would give him that push. Um, but, no, Cole Hamels. Mike, did you have Cole in your top 20? No, I didn't rank him. So I did not either. So the score remains 6-4 to four, uh, with that one. Neither of us had Cole in the top 20. Um, and number 18 was who, uh, as revealed on Monday morning? Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard. Where did you have Ryan Howard in your uh, predictions for where the uh, audience would rank him? Like you, I believe. I had him at 17. Yes. We both had 17, so we both get five points for Ryan Howard total. So, uh, hey, I think our predictions were pretty good. We were pretty on point with Jason Peters and Ryan Howard. Uh, we both missed on Cole. Yeah, uh, looking at it right now, if you want to keep going, 17, 16, and 15 are on the well, website right now. Well, I think I think that's supposed to be revealed okay. later. So we can. <laughs> I'm not. Now. I'm not sure how it works. All right, we'll just not. Well, I, I, I don't want to step. Website. I don't want to step on any toes here. Yeah. Uh, but um, they, they, we'll we'll just do these ones for now. Maybe yeah. we'll get some clarification. If we get bored, maybe we'll release them toward the end of the show. Yeah, I was. I inquired about it. I was told it'd be released at 5:45, but I guess it's a couple hours early. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I just don't want to get in trouble. Um, but we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out here. Yeah. I want your worst leaders in sports. When we get back, um, I want to talk about the NBA a little bit, play some sound from Adam Silver, uh, who spoke on the forum uh, on ESPN Monday night, which was essentially a commissioner's town hall. Uh, So we'll hear from Adam Silver when we get back and talk a little bit about where the NBA stands right now with their resume to play. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham. Open lines if you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, Talking a lot about baseball so far as Manfred uh, humiliated himself for like the 20th time this year on Monday night. Uh, so we've been discussing that a lot. Uh, but he was not the only commissioner to speak uh, on the ESPN Return to Sports special, uh, which was um, talking about sports that aren't really returning, which is uh, pretty humorous. Uh, but Goodell spoke. Um, Bettman spoke. The MLS guy spoke. I don't know what his name is. Uh, but that guy uh, got about five minutes. Uh, they, they penciled him in uh, in the middle of everything. Uh, but Adam Silver spoke as well as the NBA – uh, is getting set for their return to play in Orlando in a few weeks. And obviously, the NBA uh, restart was at the center of the news and the conversation this weekend in regards to the growing sentiment of some players who don't want to go for various different reasons. I'll get into that in a minute here. But first, um, I want to let you hear, this is uh, Adam Silver's uh, main statement on where the NBA stands right now as they look ahead to Orlando in six weeks. Our conversations have been with the Players Association and their leadership over the past several months. And we work through all of those issues in terms of health and safety, what the environment will be like on the campus. But I can only say it may not be for everyone. I mean, it will entail enormous sacrifice on behalf of of those players and and for everyone involved, the coaches, the referees, 
listen, it's not an ideal situation. We're, we're trying to find a way to our own normal in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of essentially a recession or worse with 40 million unemployed, and now with enormous social unrest in the country. And so as, as we work through these issues, I can understand how some players may feel that it's not for them. And as, as you said, it could be for a host of reasons. It may be for um, family reasons. It may be for health reasons they have, or it may be because they feel, as some players have said very recently, that their time is best spent elsewhere. And so, again, you, you, we're dealing with a players association representing 450 guys, you know, the, for 22 teams, when you include the two-way players, we're talking about bringing roughly 375 players down to Orlando, and not surprisingly, there's not a uniform view among those players. My, my sense is we're going to be able to work through most of those issues over the next few weeks, but as, but as I said, that we, we also have an arrangement with the Players Association where if a player chooses not to come, it's not a breach of his contract, we accept that. Now, I just found it interesting listening to that clip. Like, you can you tell the difference between Adam Silver and Rob Manfred? Like, the difference in competency level, the difference in tone. Like, how much during that clip did Adam Silver talk about working together with the Players Association? Um, you know, being how, how about some honesty saying, hey, you know, this bubble situation, it might not be for everybody. You know, not all players might be cut out for this. You're going to be down there. You're going to be down there for three months or so if you are fortunate enough to make a deep run into the postseason, if you're fortunate enough to be playing in the NBA Finals. And not all guys are willing to commit to that. And, hey, that's okay. We're going to work with you on it. We're not going to hold you over a barrel. We're not going to take you to court. We're not going to try to take, you know, um, you know, sue you and mess with your earnings for future years. No. If you don't want to come, that's fine. You don't get paid, but it won't be considered a breach of contract. And you do just notice there, at least I did, the difference in leadership between a guy like Adam Silver, who actually has a clue what he's doing, wants the best for his game, wants the best for his players, and on the other side, a guy like Rob Manford is just a mouthpiece for the owners and doesn't give a damn about his sport, doesn't give a damn about anybody except the 30 guys that he feels like he works for. I just wanted you to take note of that there uh, because there's a major difference in communication style and a major difference in tone. Um, but that's where things stand right now. And uh, he's right. It's not a situation that's going to be for everybody, quote-unquote. It's not going to be um, an environment that all players are going to feel comfortable going to uh, for a variety of different reasons. And um, we talked about some of that last night, not that deeply in-depth. Um, but Adrian Wojnarowski reporting over the weekend the cloudiness of the return and the fact that there is a faction of players who aren't comfortable with going to Orlando uh, due to concerns over health, concerns over the coronavirus, concerns over resuming play and going into the playoffs after such a long layoff and playing high-intensity minutes and sustaining the risk of injury and also um, 
the Black Lives Matter movement and social injustice and whether they feel they could, as Adam Silver said, spend their time more productively otherwise. And uh, after that reporting that was done over the weekend and um, it being murky whether the season would continue, it appears it will. I mean, players have held discussions, which is productive. I mean, when you look at this kind of scenario, this kind of situation, this kind of environment that is so abnormal, where you're asking NBA players to go to one location for three months, uh, they should be talking about it. They should be voicing their concerns and fleshing this stuff out ahead of time before you commit to this sort of a scenario and in restarting this season. And players should have their opinions heard. It should not just be a decision that is made by a few guys, even though, let's face it, in a sport like the NBA, where stars have so much power, you see it every offseason when it comes to player movement and how it affects uh, transactions across the league. The league pretty much is run by five to ten players. I thought maybe the, you know, funniest tweet over the weekend was when everybody's talking about, oh, will they play or will they not play? Kyrie doesn't want guys to go. Um, Kyrie doesn't want guys to play. Uh, I thought it was funny. Patrick Beverly tweets out, well, you know, people can say whatever they want, but basically if LeBron wants us to play, we're going to play. We're going to do what LeBron wants us to do because LeBron has more power than anybody else in the league. LeBron has more power than any other owner. LeBron has more power than Adam Silver. And if LeBron ultimately wants to play, I think the players will ultimately follow LeBron and go down to Orlando to play. But players should have their opinions uh, opinions heard. According to Woj, though, uh, there's very little indication that at this point the restart is in jeopardy. Um, some players may not go, and that's okay. Like, players should have the right to choose in this kind of situation. And if you don't go, you don't get paid. I don't think you should be able to decide not to go play and still um, get your money, and they won't, um, but it won't hurt them for future years. It'll be, as Silver said, won't be a breach of contract. It'll just be a situation where, hey, if you don't if, if you don't play, you don't get paid anymore this year, and we'll see you um, next season when training camp starts. And players should have that decision. Any guys that don't want to go shouldn't go. Uh, But just like that on the other side, players shouldn't feel pressure to sit if they want to play. It's a personal decision. And, you know, uh, that's one thing about the Kyrie side of it here where, you know, it, it almost seems and it's tough when you're reading these words and you're not hearing him actually say it because we haven't heard Kyrie say anything anywhere in regards to it publicly, but I get the sense that he is almost giving players an ultimatum where, like, if you go to play, it means you're against the fight for, you know, social justice. And that's that's just not true. And that comes back to my whole point with that whole aspect of this restart is I feel like if you go play, you have a much larger platform to reach people 
than you do if you don't play. We know the way the news cycle works in this country. If you don't play and the NBA players were to take a stand out of protest not to go down to Orlando and restart this season, that's going to be a story for a few days. That'll be a story for, for three to five days, and then we'll move on, and we'll move on to something else, and there'll be a different story that's dominating the news stream. And players will have their social media accounts to reach people, but um, they won't have the platform to be on national TV every night. And Adam Silver did speak about it um, on Monday about, you know, we're going to have people who haven't watched sports in four and a half months. We're going to be televising multiple games every single day. Adam Silver is a commissioner that has shown not only the willingness, but encourages players to speak their mind, encourages players to have personality, encourages them to try to get the messages out that they feel are important. And he's not going to stifle that ability at all. And, you know, you've seen guys like LeBron James and um, the other uh, – player I'm thinking of is escaping me right now, but you've seen a number of guys say that they feel like they can use their platform in a more positive sense, that they can go play and at the same time combat uh, social injustice that way, whether it be uh, by the money, though, my Austin Rivers, the other player that I was thinking of, but that they can um, use their platform and use you know, the money that they would make from playing the rest of the season and use that to help uh, advance causes that need to be advanced. And I agree with that point of it. You know, if you see it on the other side, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I don't think anybody knows definitively exactly what the way, what the right way to proceed is. But when I look at it, you know, from a logistical standpoint, I just feel like you're going to be on TV every night. The commissioner is not going to stop you from expressing your opinions. And I'm not just talking about post-game interviews. I think this is going to be integrated into the programming. Like, this is going to be part of pregame shows. This is going to be part of in-game um, broadcasts. And I think that's a real positive thing. And and when you look at it from that standpoint, uh, it... it Makes a lot of sense. And another part of this, and, and the reason why players should have the right to choose for themselves here, is that not everybody is in the same financial position that Kyrie Irving is. And I want to touch on that a little more when we get back. Um, because you look at some of the guys who are at the forefront of trying to tell players not to play. Uh, they're guys who aren't hurting for money. And that's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence at all that some of the guys who aren't in favor of going to play um, aren't players who need the financial the, the financial support from finishing this season right now. So we'll talk a little bit more about that next segment. And I do want to get into the Kyrie aspect of it a little bit. Um, because while the message is a... a legitimate one and deserves attention um the messenger is not great here and when you look at Kyrie's history 
I think it's relevant to this conversation um, and how he has, you know, acted in certain situations in the past. And I want to talk about that a little bit when we get back. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.